Good morning, I'm Vicky Burton and I'm bringing the word to you today and we're back in John's Gospel today, <clears throat> following on from a series that we've been doing um, over several months. Um, for those of you who are interested, um, I'm sitting here by the window again today and reminded that the um, family of, of wrens, the wren who built a nest, um, did um, the, the chicks hatched and they fledged last weekend. So we had lots of little wrens, um, baby wrens, just flapping around and looking a bit wobbly on the patio last weekend and had to be very careful walking by. Um, but they appeared to all fledge um, beautifully. So let's pray this morning. Father, thank you that you look after the birds of the air, that you feed them and that you give them wings. And we thank you that you look after us in the same way and even more so that you give us good things and that you give us wings to fly. We pray this morning that you would um, open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I don't know what you're like, but um, kind of coming out of lockdown has been quite mixed for a lot of people. Um, there was something about kind of not having to do too many things and not having too many demands that enabled us to live day by day and now it feels a little bit more demanding and there's more decisions to be made and things like that um, and sometimes it feels like we want to kind of retreat back and keep things easy um, you know online church can be easy um, because we don't have to interact with people or because it's just we don't have to travel or um, yeah, so there's there's just challenges, aren't there? And it's different for all of us. And yeah, let's just keep that in mind that, that the Lord is in this time and he's looking for transformation during this time, just like any other. And maybe even more so as believers that we're looking for transformation in all our relationships, transformation in the way that we relate to people, the things that we do and maybe the things that we value. Maybe the things that, that we have valued in the past have become less valuable as we've realised. Um, during this time, what is what is of value, um, and yeah, today's story is um, centered around who Jesus is and his value, really. Um, so, if you remember, several weeks back, we were um, thinking about the feeding of the five thousand with, with Jesus across the other side of the Lake Galilee, on the east side, and then he went up the mountain, and the disciples, his friends, went uh, across the lake in the boat, and then. Uh, Jesus took the shortcut by going across the lake on foot um, and they arrived in Capernaum and at that point um, that's sort of chapter 6 of John's Gospel. I don't know if you want to have your Bibles open because you like to follow the narrative then do that um, and during that time at Capernaum there were crowds following him just like when he went um, to feed them and there were crowds following him. He really challenged the people um, at the beginning of um, that time when he's in Capernaum um, he talks about this he says very truly I tell you verse 26 very truly I tell you you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed but because you ate the loaves and had your fill so he's he's calling out the reality of why people are following him and we all have our different reasons and uh, he's he's really kind of having a bit of a go at them in a way but 
just making sure that they realize who he is, not just what he can do for them. So he goes on to say, I am the bread of life. Uh, and he's referring back to them wanting physical bread and then him actually saying, but actually what you need is eternal spiritual bread. Um, and the Jews knew about this. They they knew from all their, their, their teaching in the synagogue, they knew about the bread of life and the food would be like their spiritual sustenance. They understood that. And they understood that um, that the, the terms eating and drinking in, in the Bible are referring to our faith and our believing um, of those spiritual truths. So they had that in mind. And yet it goes on to say that Jesus has a go at them for grumbling. So when he speaks of being the bread of life, they start getting annoyed and angry. And he says, stop grumbling. Um, and he goes on to say, the bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. That's in verse 51. And then I'm just gonna read from 53 um, and then I'll go forward into the end of uh, verse 70, which is our chunk of reading for today. So starting at verse chapter six of John's gospel, verse 53, Jesus said to them, and this is to the people following him around, it's not just to the 12, it's to others who are following. Very truly I tell you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And this is why whilst he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. So on hearing this talk of Jesus, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. And from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. And then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. 
And then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who, though one of the twelve, was later to betray him. And that's the end of that reading. And so that's the, the passage for today. There's quite a lot in there in terms of Jesus relating to the twelve, but also to the the wider crowd or followers. It's not even the crowd. It's people who are following him daily. You know, they're kind of hearing and wanting to come. Many of those people will have had agendas of a political sort. Um, you can imagine, um, you know, them thinking, God, this could be the person who really brings down the Roman Empire for our benefit. We could kind of get in the driving seat and be in charge. Um, and there are others who are following because it's amazing, you know, she seems to be able to heal and uh, bring food out of nowhere. Um, he, there's so many miracles, they're absolutely intrigued by that. Um, and they want, they want more. They want, you know, who wants to spend time queuing at the hospitals or the supermarkets when you could have it direct from Jesus? So there's all sorts of different wa reasons why people are following G Jesus. And I'm sure you can maybe think of others, other reasons. Um, so I'm going to go back to verse 60, which is sort of the, the beginning of the passage that we're focusing on. Um, and it says this, on hearing the teaching that Jesus was giving about being the bread of life, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching who can accept it. That word hard um, is a, a Greek word scleros, and it means kind of rough and dry, um, like just difficult um not just difficult to understand but difficult to accept difficult to get on with kind of disagreeable and that's why jesus goes on to to say does this offend you because he understands that they are not happy hearing these words and um, why why are they not happy i think because their understanding of the the flesh and the blood of the of Jesus is a very physical human understanding and they're offended I mean it's against the law to to eat somebody <laughs> thankfully and and this was what Jesus was saying but this they were not not hearing what he was meaning I guess so they were talking about um let's try and understand this but some of them were going no this isn't this isn't right we don't this isn't what we we're expecting and this isn't right and when I was reading this I wondered how often we think like that um I sometimes think that can't be right that doesn't fit with how I think Jesus calls them out in verse 62 and says, what if you see the son of man ascend to where he was before? What if, <laughs> what if he goes back to where he came from? And that does their heads in even more, I guess. What do you mean you, what do you mean you came from heaven? And what do you mean you've come back down? And, and how can that be possible? Because surely we're all just made from this earth and and actually, this is, this is hard teaching to understand because it's about eternal reality. It's about spiritual truths. 
and spiritual realities. And he goes on to say, the spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God gives life, but the flesh counts for nothing. So we don't take our flesh with us, do we, into eternity? So, and yet we have this flesh for this time that we're in now, which is part of eternity, because eternity is the whole thing, isn't it? So we don't, we don't have, we have flesh, but we have eternity in us. And it's hard for us as kind of British Western, Westernized thinking to think about spiritual things when we don't really understand them. And it's an effort actually for me to think about spiritual realities rather than just focusing on what, what's in front of me and, and, and what I already know and that kind of thing. And it was the same here. People were even struggling to understand that it's the spiritual life that Jesus is talking about here and that that's more important. The flesh counts for nothing. It doesn't, it, the flesh doesn't achieve anything eternally. The spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you are full of the spirit and life. And so Jesus goes on to challenge them, the 12 disciples as well. He doesn't always um, just leave it as a general thing, but he has this rela deeper relationship with the 12. And I guess his point here is that he's chosen those 12 people and they are trying to understand. They're spending more and more time with him. They've given up lives. Peter has given up a lot and he may well have been at this point thinking, gosh, I wish I could go back to my family where it's comfortable or, or I wish I could uh, just, you know, have a, a cuddle from my children or, you know, he was, he was in a place where he had given up a lot to be with Jesus. And when Jesus asks them, do you want to leave? It's Simon Peter, it's Peter who answers, Lord, where would we go? Like, who else would we be following? There isn't anyone else that's got the eternal words that you've got. It, there isn't anyone else that talks like you. There isn't anyone else that walks like you. There isn't anyone else that has what you have. And that's what Peter's articulating that he desires. That's how different Jesus is. He's not just another prophet. He's not just another teacher. He's not just another idea. He's the one who has eternal life. And this is what Peter says, Lord, where shall we go or to whom? You have the words of eternal life. And we have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. The Holy One of God. So G Peter even now is recognising that there's something holy. It's, it's Jesus' holiness that is impacting his and stirring his heart, his spirit stirring him up in a way which no one else has ever done. It's powerful stuff. Jesus is powerfully speaking and Peter and the other disciples are, are being stirred up. 
maybe not in a comfortable way, but they are being stirred up. It's like their hunger and their spiritual hunger has suddenly realized that this is the satisfaction that they've been longing for. And Jesus finishes with, I've chosen you, haven't I? I've chosen you. And he truly had chosen the 12, knowing that Judas Iscariot was gonna betray him. And he wasn't put off by that. He didn't treat Judas any differently. And that's the thing I love about God, is that although he chooses us, he chooses us regardless of our intentions. And actually that's why I respond to God because I, I think I'm realizing that more and more. I'm realizing more and more that he actually believes and trusts and loves me. And then that enables me to believe and trust and love him. How, how, are we attached to Christ ourselves? You know, what are the reasons that I personally, you personally have for following Christ? Have a think about that. Uh, is it because of what I can get out of him? Is it because I know that I'll be protected and, and given good things? And is that why I follow him? Or is it because of who he is? this is the challenge that Jesus was bringing to the followers here and yeah he'd clocked there's a lot of people following me for all the wrong reasons and there he brought the challenge I don't think he was at all afraid of everyone turning away because he was being who he was and doing what the father had called him to do he wasn't worried about his status or his popularity ever and we don't need to be either. If we're to seek to be like Christ, we're to seek this holiness, this, this relationship with the Father that is, is tangible and impacting in our relationships with other people, that they'll spot in us this, this hope and this glory of God. That's, that's, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? To be in that place. And, and so let's examine our hearts. Let's ask the Lord to shine his light and to show us and to give us that hunger, not for the, the physical flesh stuff, those kind of desires, but for the spiritual hunger, for the longing for the presence of God to be more in our lives so that other people are impacted by that, so that people in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our in our communities, in our workplaces, in our schools, all of those people are impact, can be impacted by that presence and power. Eternal life, Peter realizes, is coming from within Jesus and is stirring within Peter. And Jesus, I'm just gonna read that verse again. When Jesus says, the words I have spoken to you are full of the spirit and life. Those were, I've been thinking quite a lot, um, and we've been talking about this in our family, about words and, and how words aren't just words on a page, but when it comes to Jesus, they are actual living 
life-giving things. And when I speak something positive over my children, it can give life to them. And if I speak negatively, it can bring death to them, really. And, and the power of our words is really important. And here we see that the power of Jesus' words are eternal are of eternal consequences and and we can if we're listening to his words we're receiving his words we're eating his words we're eating and drinking of his words going back to that eating and drinking now how different a thing is the is the communion that we have if it's not just a symbol of Jesus's death and just a remembering of his Jesus and death his death and resurrection and the lifeblood is not just eating the bread and remembering that he died but here it's realizing that when he says whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life I will raise them up at the last day he's pointing out that his flesh is real food it's the real thing and his blood is the real drink it's the real it's the reality that we often forget and daily forget well I do that I see the physical as as the thing rather than the spiritual and remember that water and the sponge illustration that Laurie and Wendy have given us so that it's that thing of the the spiritual the water the spiritual is is everything and in everything and everywhere and the physical is just being Im impacted by that reality um, I think this um, interaction between Peter and Jesus well between the 12 here the more intimate kind of Lord we see who you are is about lifting up our hearts and having our hearts lifted into that place of of joy and eternal relationship with the Lord and it doesn't need to be a thing that we wait for when we die <laughs> it's a thing we're having now this is what Peter's experiencing it's the now experience of that relationship so I want to finish with a prayer for all of us perhaps you're listening to this and thinking I don't experience God in that way Vicky I, that's not how it is for me or maybe you're thinking, yeah, I do, but not very often. So let's just be keep being honest with God and open to him and expect that he will do what he will draw us in and he will fill us up so that we can be holy. It's his promise to us. It's his dedication to us. And we can dedicate ourselves to him, expecting him to to be the all and the everything and the first thing in our lives so let's just pray heavenly father we want to thank you that jesus has the words of eternal life and that he himself is the flesh and the blood that we can receive um, in eternal um, in eternal ways i thank you that the relationship that you've given us freely through Jesus' sacrifice and resurrection is a, a relationship of assurance and affirmation for us. I just 
long, Lord, for all of us, like Peter, to be like Peter, to realise fully um, who you are, your holiness and and your closeness to us. And I pray for all of us at St. Leonard's, Lord, that not one of us would turn back, that we would all draw near and near and nearer and nearer to you and that we wouldn't turn back in in sort of mistrust or disagreement um, or offence, but that we would come forward to you and receive what this eternal words and these eternal life-giving um, words that you have for us, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a blessed and good week and remember God's love for you is true and fantastic.